Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson-Staveley of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Law, how are you doing? I'm doing well. I've been out and about this week. What have you been up to, Law? Well, I've got to see lots of people in the flesh that I have not seen for nearly two years, and yet we've been so entwined doing lots of virtual stuff. So it's been quite startling, actually, to almost join the dots up. And also, Debs, you have to keep remembering people's names because their name isn't there yeah. on the left-hand <laughs> side of their face <laughs> to remind. So that's a whole other level of, we just had a great chat. What was her name again? You know, whereas when you're virtual, you can see people's names. So it's been interesting getting those sea legs, those land legs back again um, and, uh, you know, doing it hybrid. So, you know, a couple of days in on a screen and a couple of days kind of out. So it's been an interesting hybrid week. And how have you found moving from like being at home to hybrid, being in a real venue? How have you found that, Law? Um, so on the whole, loved it because it has been worth the journey and worth, you know, all the kind of rigmarole that comes with it. So it's been amazing. But I had forgotten how strenuous it is to travel with stuff. So all I can say is there's six big bags of stuff in the boot of my car. Wow. I've broken the charger on my laptop because I'm just not used to traveling with all this stuff again. And just things like, um, you know, kind of moving from one bit to, to, to one part, you know, of a venue to the other. And it's great and it's been worth it because it's an amazing event. Um, but it certainly does bring a different set of stresses in terms of working hybrid, you know, you kind of, on the one hand, you've got virtual stuff that you also need to prepare for and then the real world. So I see it around me as well. There's quite a few people now who are getting into the swing of hybrid working. And um, yeah, it, it certainly is a new set of um, ways of working and stresses really that um, can kind of make it feel a little bit different. So on the whole, worth it. But there's a whole whole sort of bigger level of stuff you physically need to carry around. Mm, Yeah, which is mad, right? And I know we talked about this before, didn't we, when the the word hybrid started to come into play. And it's that thinking around, you know, I was doing some more research around it because it's changing all the time, isn't it? As we we can appreciate, and you're living it at the minute as well, Laura. And I found some more research by um, WebEx, by Cisco. And, you know, they were reporting that 57% of people expect to be in the office 10 days or less less each month. And they also believe that 98% of any future meetings will include remote participants. So, it, you know, it got me thinking a bit, saying how do managers, how do people in the, who are in the workplace as opposed to those who are at home, you know, how do, they, how do they manage that? How do they look after their people? How do they make sure it works for the team? So there's lots of things going on as we transition, still transition and trans- find our way um, through this hybrid working, isn't it, Law? So it's really interesting interesting to see that. Too right. And, and I think a phrase that um, kind of you just sort of reminded me of is how change is fast, transition is slow. And so this kind of next phase of how do we then set up well for 2022, we're at the tail end now of this very big, busy, quite messy year that I think a lot of people have had. And uh, as my Orcadian 
father has got a favourite phrase. So this is a phrase from Orkney. Don't choke on the coo's tail. <laughs> you know, you've swallowed so much this year. This November and it is almost is how do you then sort of end the year well so you don't kind of lose it at the last moment? Because coming up to the festive season, you know, this typically brings with it an energy and a, a joy for many people. So don't choke on the coo's tail, which is why our whole focus in November is looking at stress and stress management. And uh, this episode tonight is particularly about stress and hybrid working. Mm. Yeah, definitely. And I think you've mentioned it before, and I love this, when you say, you know, how do we transition, you know, from the lanyard to the slippers and back again, um, as well as looking after ourselves in the middle of that. And I just love that because it's, yeah, how are we going to do that and do it well, I think? That's what we need to consider as we are mixing from one to the other and back again, like you've just experienced. And I suppose it's that bit that, you know, how do we, I suppose, maintain that healthy uh, life-work balance and also manage any you know stress or pressure or anxiety that comes with having to change constantly. Yeah. So let's kind of go back to the core. We've been running a few stress sessions with, um, hopefully they've not found them stressful, but they've found them <laughs> useful um, for various clients and all sorts of different sort of industries. So let's just go right back to the core because I think people have found this valuable. What is stress and what therefore does it mean to manage stress? So What's your take on defining it, even in the first place? What is stress? Yeah, so first of all, I think it's that bit that says it's where there is undue pressure, which is taking its toll on us. So stress in itself is um, is just a, as a result of added pressure, feeling overwhelmed, feeling anxious. And I think that's the bit we need to um, to consider. And also, when we talk about what is what is stress, what it, sh- what it is and what it shouldn't be, stress should not make you ill when you go to work. You know, So we need to think about how do we manage that and manage it well so that people don't feel that there is too much of a demand. There's too much challenge. There's too much pressure. You know, they're starting to make sure that there is this life-work balance going on because, you know, we're, we're sort of getting into that realm of bleeding into the different areas of our work, you know. So whereas we, we come into an office, we do have that commute back again. So we've got that time. But actually, if we then suddenly turn up and we're working from home, there isn't that commute going on again. So again, they can merge into one, which can add to the pressure and the feeling of overwhelm that we're putting on ourselves. And I think that's what we need to consider is how, how do we start to think about overcoming that, which I think is really, really important. Mm. And, and if it's a, I was talking, um, running a team session um, yesterday, virtual team session, and quite a few people were commenting on how the stress of getting into the office, it better be worth it when you arrive. And um, if actually you don't particularly find your teammates very motivating or inspiring, or you don't really know people, it's all a bit awkward, a bit quiet, and half of the people are on a Zoom call anyway, then actually, is it worth the physical effort of then going in, if actually you don't then get that, you know, the kind of the the benefits of that then went in. So, and of course, the impact that then has on anyone who's in a sort of recruiting scenario is 42% of UK adults are actively looking to leave their jobs and get a new one yeah, this season. That's, crazy. that's mad, isn't it? Yeah. It, it, completely, it is, because I think now people are thinking, oh God, I'm going to have to actually sort of physically move and um, my team don't G me up. So... Yeah. I think I'm going to go and get myself a full-time remote role, for example, or I want to go and work in, a, in an environment that is sort of buzzy. So this is the period, I think, to really look at it and stress and your feelings of capacity to be able to handle that 
is why a lot of people might then go, actually, I'm finding it really stressful. I'm going to leave my, leave my job. Yeah. And I think, you know, when you think about it, you know, we, we are designed to handle like short bouts of stress. Um, but I think it's when it, when it does become overwhelming or it doesn't let up, that's when it starts to take a toll on our bodies and our minds. Um, and we have to think about you know, how we respond to that. And, you know, and as I said, you know, back in the day, stress was a response to danger, right? So, and I think today's obsession, if you like, because that's what we're seeing a lot of with productivity, um, you know, the, the steady stream, if you like, of digital information that's available to us 24-7, you know, sometimes we're not being maybe as active as we should be. So a more of a sedentary lifestyle, um, you know, can contribute um, to the stress that we might be feeling because of the overwhelm of what's going on for us at the moment. And I think it's that bit that says, you know, how how do we, um, I suppose, manage workload? How do we think about what we can do to look after ourselves that's going to help us um, in the long run? Yeah, and, and I, I think... Um... We mentioned this on one of a, a previous podcasts, but getting your brain set up and getting it kind of flooding with those feel-good brain chemicals rather than the stressy ones. So, um, and we kind of call them the dose, don't we? D-O-S-E. Yes. So yeah. you've got your dopamine, which is that feel-good stuff, the oxytocin, oxytocin, which is the love hormone. The serotonin is that kind of feeling of kind of um, hope. And then the endorphins is that kind of rush. And rather than it being an anxiety rush, it's the the warm kind of, you know, the buzz you get after exercise or sort of whatever. So that kind of, um, that, that dose of the good stuff is for anyone who is finding themselves getting caught up then in that stress is how do you then convert that to more of a positive environment inside your head so you're on it and actually as any performer knows a little bit of stress actually often brings out the best performance if you're too lethargic you get lazy and you lose your sharp edges I guess it's how do we as we transition into this new way of working how do we ensure that we coach ourselves to be able to keep our brain kind of in in gear because if we get lost in that stress then you're not going to give your best performance at that four o'clock meeting that you've traveled into to, to, to then be able to attend that day. Yeah, definitely. And I think that bit around being realistic around what you can and can't do, um, you know, that can help reduce the stress and anxiety that you have by, you know, compartmentalizing those tasks, making sure you're keeping your schedules up to date, um, being, again, being really realistic, not taking on too much. I think that's the one thing I've sort of seen people think they have to take on more to be, to prove that they are working. Um, and I think that's the bit which then leads to the overwhelm or the stress or the added pressure that people are putting on themselves. So I suppose it's, you know, being realistic with yourself, not taking on too much. Um, I think it's that bit about maintaining a balance in a balanced way. So maybe looking about how you take your work back under control um, and figuring out, you know, this, paying attention to the small things that may be causing you to get less um, tolerant of people, patience is whining, or as you say, I can't believe I'm doing this again. It's There's so much going on for people at the moment that, you know, we we have to think if we've got, if we're feeling that, I always think talk about it because, you know, making sure you raise it sooner, maybe with your, your manager or people that are in your home or whatever it might be, so that you can do something quicker, so you, you can take back the control of it. 
Yeah. And, and in fact, that sense of connection is the quickest way to release those dose of feel good hormones because your brain will reward you when you then make a, a kind of a, a connection with someone because that's how our brains have been wired to have that kind of connection. And so it gives you a buzz when you then, or it makes things feel a bit less burdensome when you're able to kind of share stuff. The, um, it was funny today, Debs, right? So at this um, event that I'm, uh, I've been speaking at, so um, someone had then said about how I need to stop, I need to start saying no more because I'm just saying yes to everything. And it gives me that temporary sense of, oh, I'm a good person and I am a success because I'm helping this person. And then in the meantime, you have a complete wobble four hours later because you've got this completely unrealistic day. And it was so funny because I then said to the audience, right can everyone say no and they all went no <laughs> and it was just hilarious <laughs> but it's getting comfortable with that word no one of, one of our clients has been all over this haven't they say no to the things you don't want so you've got time to say yes to the things that you do want more of yeah definitely and that's then about you know setting boundaries and I know we're going to be speaking to Lindsay on on one of the podcasts during this month around boundaries so I think you know making sure you do set those boundaries and that no is a full sentence a no's a no, right? So it's being comfortable, if you like, with setting those boundaries for yourself so that, you know, you do work at your best. And it's okay to say no rather than feel like you have to be really overproductive or showing that you're working just because you're not in the office where people can't see you. Um, it doesn't mean you're not working. I think that's a, I think that's the point there, isn't it? When you're hybrid, so um, how do I prove that I'm kind of adding value and where you could have sat in a physical office and just looked a bit stressed, then people would have, you know, let you go and sort of not asked you to help. If no one can see anyone, then so maybe that's when where it's kind of almost uh, backfired a little bit, where then there's this overwork to sort of try and show that you're kind of adding value, um, et cetera. And actually, it's all in your own head, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. It's the way it's the way we think, um, which will impact, as we know, on how we feel, which will then p- impact on our behaviours. So again, the more we can communicate with our teams, the more you know we can have those great conversations and connect, as you say, that social interaction is so important to know, one, you're not alone, but also so that everybody else may be feeling the same that you do and therefore you together you can collaborate and do something that's going to help you yeah um just as a a reminder it was um interesting on a session i was running um this week about how um how we talk to ourselves at the start of a day especially when you're hybrid working so if you're finding yourself go oh god i'm in the office tomorrow you know that's putting yourself to bed with a sense of dread so um, our amazing Gale technique that is, oh, I've been such a lifesaver, isn't it? So ahead of a day where you are going to be going into an office or whichever uh, kind of bit that you're least looking forward to. So you might be someone that loves going in and it's the working from home days that are a bit more of a ground grind or the other way around. But the Gale allows you to look forward to the next day. So let's say you've got a day that isn't your ideal working environment rather than thinking oh, it's going to be dreadful, you know, and setting yourself up almost to have a not great descent into sleep. Gail is what's one thing you're grateful for? What's one thing you've accomplished? What's one thing you've improved upon? And what's one thing you've learned? And what it does is it soothes your brain into, it's all right, I'm doing okay. I've got this tomorrow. It's a very practical little kind of self-soothing tool. And then the next morning then, as you're brushing your teeth, which is probably the only time in the day where you cannot do anything else other than that one task. So it's very difficult to multi- multitask whilst you're brushing your teeth. 
that actually is where you've got some unfettered time with your own brain. Now, if I'm going, oh, God, I've got to get on the train. Oh, God, I've got to get on the train. And guess what? You're just going to have that dread and that stress feeling. Whereas if you use our old three-step mental hygiene routine, so first off, how am I feeling about the day on a scale of minus 10 to plus 10? As every journey starts with a step, you need to know where am I at? You can then decide, is that fit for purpose for the day I've got or do I need to sort my head out? So step two then is plan the day backwards because if you're not looking forward to going in for that day, then um, actually to plan a day as if it's already happened. So what time do I want to be leaving? What therefore is the task I need to do before then and before then and then before then? And planning backwards is the quickest way to trick your brain into feeling capable for the day ahead, if it's going to be a bit of a stress, uh, strenuous one. And then the third step then is what do I need to do to build up some momentum for the point in the day in which I need to show up? What is, what is it I need to do to then build that momentum? So if you've got, I don't know, a big ticket item of a meeting at two o'clock, what do you need to do to then set yourself up well? So rather than stress that keeps you small, it's energy that keeps you performing, you know, in whatever that, that way is. So that I think is an interesting sort of challenge is how are you speaking to yourself in this hybrid working environment? And are you already setting yourself up for a stressful day because you're thinking stressfully? Yeah, definitely. And I think remembering that saying to, to just saying to yourself, just do better is not self-care or self-compassion. So it's thinking about what can you do? What can you say to yourself that's going to help you? So it's this bit that says, you know, you need to observe, if you like, what some of the patterns are that could be emerging. Um, and everyone's different around this law. But, you know, once you notice what your patterns are, you can do what we call this when-then self-care plan, and that can really help. So you decide, you know, so you make a decision around, you know, when I notice I'm feeling like this or this or this, then I, I'll do this or this and this to counteract it. So the when then self-care plan is is a really good little tool to have. And it's been around for a while, um, but it was just as um, we were sort of prepping for this one, I just remind, reminded myself going back through my old notes, go, oh, I forgot I even had that. So, and it really works. So when I notice this, then I'll do that as a counteract um, to reframe the situation that you're in, which will help you you know, think differently, which will help you feel better, which will then enable you to behave and act differently as well. Debs, I absolutely love that. But first off, I'm horrified. Is that is that what people have said as as the way in which they talk to themselves and the way in which they think that self-care of yeah, just, just do, do better. better. Yeah, I'll do better tomorrow. And it's like, no, that's not self-care or self-compassion in any way. That's like beating yourself up to go, oh, I'm rubbish. I'm not very good. That's manacles. That's yes. whipping. That, that's not <laughs> in management. No. And, you know, kind of reassuring it. Oh, my goodness, mate. I um, I think we need to give ourselves a big old hug, all of us, you know, and, and we may not physically, people might not physically feel comfortable hugging um again but that oxytocin release of i'm part of something bigger than what my what you know just me i'm not isolated i'm not alone and uh, those feel good kind of brain chemicals and um wow so i mean if, if you are your own worst um taskmaster at the moment then i think that when and then tool is fantastic that's another one for the set of tattoos that's yeah. uh growing 
to the podcast, isn't it? <laughs> yes, let's go. Let's get that done now. <laughs> it's a really good one. It's a really good one to think because, you know, we, we've got to find the good stuff. I mean, we are, as humans, as you know, Law, I mean, you know, we're predisposed to finding the negatives and everything. You know, we have that negativity bias towards stuff. So, you know, we, we notice and remember the bad stuff because, in a way, that's what, you know, keeps us some, some, so somewhat safe, but not really. But it's not good for us to only focus on the negative or the bad stuff. So we have to look for the good stuff. And we can. Our brain is super clever. You know, if you see negative stuff, you just might need to work it a little bit harder to find the positive stuff as well. And it will be there if you look for it. And I know you always talk about that yin and yang of, you know, interdependent forces, which enable us to to think differently about, you know, the strengths that we do have and the value that we bring and not look at it from a negative one. Yeah, flip your flaws. So, um, you know, if you're not particularly revved up by the idea of doing a big group um, presentation, for example, but you're awesome at doing one-to-ones. So, you know, and also I think from another self-care bit, if you know you've got something big coming up that is a bit out of your comfort zone, what you're going to do to set yourself up well for it and then what you're going to do to reward yourself after. So there's that kind of, you know, internal kind of reward and recognition. Um, So, Deb, so what would be your... um, take out then. So we've been talking about, so November is all about stress um, and uh, how do we make sure that we end this year well? 2020 was a lot of energy, but it was a bit mad really. 2021, I think has been a busier, more stressful, more strenuous year than even the sort of the 2020 when it all started kicking off. That's certainly what I'm seeing around. So if you're feeling, uh, if you're listening to this and you're feeling a little bit like, oh, just a little bit too much, or it's been a little bit too long, then um, hopefully this has given you some food for thought. Tips like when, then, I think that's fantastic. It's those little things that can just be game changers in that moment. Um, as always, though, Secrets of a Coach is about converting wishful thinking into tangible action. Yeah. So what would be your call to action this week, Debs? <laughs> so I think my call to action this week be um, picking up on what you said earlier, Law, about planning. Not just planning your day, but also planning your week. So, you know, breaking it down into small manageable chunks is going to help you get through the day in a much more healthier and you know happier way, if you like. Um, and I also think, you know, know your limits, um, you know, manage what you can and release what you cannot. And I think that's what it is. And, and thinking about your own coping strategies. So whether that's relaxation, whether that's meditation, yoga, walking, just find something that makes you feel good so you can dose up on the happy hormones. Oh, nice. Hashtag that one, Deb. Love it. Dose up on the happy hormones. Okay, my share the secret would be think of someone within your life who this whole hybrid working thing has been a little bit of a stretch for them. Get them to listen to this. They're not alone. We are the first set of workers who are having to reconcile this two different kind of worlds working hybridly. Yes, it might sound really easy and it's a lovely little word, but actually behind it is a whole load of change and stuff that's kind of going on. So if you've got someone in your network who you know is finding it a little bit full on, a bit stressful, get them to listen to this to remind them they are not alone. Even knowing that you're part of something new releases those feel-good dose of hormones. You're not alone. You're, you're, you're part of something. We're the first generation mm. who are really kind of making this work. So permission to look after yourself. Yes, and permission to you to look after yourself with your six bags that you're going to carry back home as well, Law. <laughs> I know. Plus two giant foxes and a giant panda stuffed in the boot of my car. Brilliant. 
<laughs> I must definitely observe the speed limit on the way home. I don't I know think how you I'll explain should. that to the officers. <laughs> Look after yourself, Laura, and I'll see you next week. Oh, yeah. Love you, Love Deb. you. Bye. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Insta at secretsfromacoach. 